Jenny, and welcome everyone to this week's episode of Hotel Vicarious. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm a little um, overwhelmed after this long holiday weekend, going back to work and remembering that I have a job, but uh, I had a really nice break. How was your trip? It was good. Got back today, and um, I actually have the rest of the week off. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so jealous. Oh, my God. Yeah, no. So uh, it was really good. It was really, really nice. The weather got really, really cold, and we were like, oh, no. Have we, like, missed the summer weather? But it rallied the next day, and then we had, like, two good days of swimming, and they went kayaking one day, and... Yeah, we had we had campfires and Did you have s'mores? We we did have s'mores. We have Love decided s'mores. that we like open faced s'mores better than two s'mores, two crackers oh, on the s'more. How very French of you. Yeah. <laughs> so there was that. There was crab dogs made. You know what a crab dog is? I have or, like, no idea a what the hell a crab, crab dog is. I No, that's even worse. What is that? Okay. It's a hot dog where you cut the ends of the hot dog down to the middle, halfway. And then you cut them the other way, and when you cook it, all the hot dog, like, curls up, and it looks like a crab. (laughs) The most ridiculous thing, but a big hit with five-year-olds. How do you eat it? Like, one leg at a time. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. That's um, hilarious. Yeah, it is actually, it's it's quite interesting. And get every, like, it it all gets crispy, so I guess Mm. if you enjoy hot dogs, then... You know, <laughs> listen, I'll try anything once. That's I could do that. <laughs> well, I have a five year old crab dog chef at your disposal whenever you need. Great. Can she just come on by and we can, you know, she's on her way right now, actually. Crab dogs. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. So it was really good. We had a really good time and we are back today to reality. <laughs> Everyone else in my house no is fun. going back to work and back to school. So I'm just going to be chilling, unpacking from cottaging and laundry and all of that stuff I might fit in a little bit of just like doing nothing time so yeah I I always feel like coming back from vacation I need at least two or three days to like recover Mm -hmm. from my vacation which is the most pathetic thing in the world but like I need a vacation for my vacation I think everyone feels like that no matter where you go um yeah no it was really we had a really good time and then in the evenings it was pretty like it got pretty cold like that was the one thing is that it got really warm in the daytime but then it also dropped like dramatically in the evening so we didn't really hang out outside too much we did a couple nights we had a fire one night and then the second night we were out there for a bit and then we went in but we ended up watching almost the entire new season of money heist yeah it's wow really really good yeah so 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 good and we have the last episode that we're gonna watch tonight so i was told to try to do the the podcast as fast as possible Uh oh! I know. I was like, "Well, you're just gonna have to wait." <laughs> so, <laughs> don't watch it without me. But no, it was it was really good. I highly recommend watching Money Heist if you have not. I haven't. I haven't. But I keep seeing the like trailers, and it looks really fun. And everyone I follow on Tumblr loves it, so I should really kind of get on it. It is such well done television. Yeah. It's so good. I highly recommend not watching the dubbed version. Yeah, I hate dubbed versions. I will read uh, subtitles any day, to be honest. Yeah, no, I would I would definitely watch it with, like, the, the original audio with, the, like, in Spanish with subtitles. I find, like, 
since I have been watching it, I find it much easier to know what they're talking about, and half the time I don't even have to read the subtitles. I just, you can kind of, like, it's easy. Yeah. I find, like, it's easy to pick up. I mean, I do work with a lot of people who are from Spain, so I also have that. So it's a little bit, you know, it, it gets a little bit easier as you go along. So I found that was interesting. But, no, I definitely recommend watching it with just the subtitles. It doesn't really yeah. take away from the action at all. No, I can't imagine. But, yeah, I start from the beginning and just, like... The, the the seasons are not long. Like, they're really not okay. very long. This season is only five five chapters. Oh, Or well, whatever they call it. They, I don't know if they call it episodes or chapters or what they call it, but yeah, there's only five of them. So, oh, that's easy. yeah, no, it's really, really good. It's really good. Like, there's even still, they're just bringing in things like that. You're just like, what? Like, you don't expect things this late in the. And I mean, I don't want to give too much away. So, but like, this late in the heist they're still bringing in things to like surprise you and you're like what oh my god and it's just like things that have been building for like several seasons that you had no idea like that's the just the planning yeah that has that must go into a show like this is just it's amazing so i highly recommend it that sounds very intriguing i might have to add it to my list once we uh, finish our current obsession, which is Tattoo Redo on Netflix. <laughs> it is not anything like Money Heist, but it is honestly like I sort of divvy up my reality into like different kinds of moods, right? And like when I watch Bravo, I want to be eating shitty food and like laughing at all these crazy women and shows like Tattoo Redo or like Nailed It. Mm-hmm. where it's like just sort of a chaotic experience. I mean, my husband and I love watching those shows. Yeah. And Tattoo Redo is fun because it's two people who come in. One always has some like shitty hideous tattoo and the <laughs> other is their husband, their wife, their best friend, their daughter, their mom, whatever. And they're explaining like this tattoo is horrible. Like we got to do something. And the show has like incredible tattoo artists. I mean, these people are so ridiculously talented yeah and they're gonna do this tattoo cover up for free like no charge this like beautiful piece of work the only stipulation is that the person you bring with you is the one who picks out the like the cover up oh wow yeah and so in all the episodes we've seen they've always liked the tattoo which has been really nice we haven't gotten yet to someone not liking it but god some of these tattoos jenny are so bad Like, the last episode we watched, it was a woman who got a quote-unquote tramp stamp when she was 14 years old at a party. And it literally was just... (laughs) At a party? (laughs) Someone came in with a tattoo machine and was like, it's your birthday, I'm gonna give you a free tattoo. Oh, man. And it literally just said, fuck you, on her lower back. And not even, (laughs) fuck you, Y-O-U, it was, fuck you, just the letter U. Ooh. It was... (laughs) I mean, they're not going to miss these tattoos. Even if they got something they absolutely hated, it's definitely better than what they came in with. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yikes. Yeah. Like, have a good laugh. Highly recommend. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out. I mean, I don't really watch a lot of reality TV. Not because I, like, think I'm too good for reality TV. That is not it at all. I just have so very little time to actually watch tv shows or movies that like i have to like prioritize it and it always comes up kind of like at the bottom of the barrel with the exception of tiger king which i could not even finish and that was the last reality tv show i watched oh god no tiger king is it was so bad anyway no you know that was like (laughs) really bad your that tattoo redo reminds me of this 
picture that has been on the internet forever and it's like this picture of someone and they have like a a tattoo on their side that says no regrets i which i just like love that picture so much which if you've ever seen that movie with jason sudeikis and jennifer aniston they spoof that which movie oh it's called we're the millers and it's like oh, they pretend to yeah. be a family, but they're really smuggling in a camper, right? Yeah, and they're in a camper and, and like fake they, kids. Yes, yeah. yes, and they meet a kid who has a tattoo on his chest that says "No regrets." Yeah, and Sudeikis has the best line. He's like, "Really? Not even one regret." <laughs> Not even one regret. Uh, that's so funny. You know what? I have seen that movie, but it was such a long time ago I forgot about that. That's so good. So good. Uh, God. I know. Are we ready to sort of dive into this, like, super heavy episode? Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that happened in this episode that it was a little uncomfortable. It was, you know, I mean, I think... Some of it was very, it was, it was uncomfortable in its truthiness. Yes. Yeah. And in its realism. Yeah. And I really, really enjoyed that and that they went there. Yeah. I think this episode felt less like your typical comedy. Yeah. And more a little bit like a dramedy. Like it had some really good grounding moments that Mm -hmm. like, you know, you don't always get. So Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. (laughs) yeah so maybe we'll just give like a little summary yes okay so guys in this week's episode season two episode seven called headspace ted has to get over his preconceived notions of therapy if he has any hope of making genuine progress elsewhere keely needs space from roy and uh nate continues to deal with his insecurities in a not so healthy way he sucks. <laughs> yeah, we're going to save him till last, guys. But, like, boy, do we have a lot to say about the wonder kid, Nate. Yeah, I wonder what's up his butt. <laughs> and clearly, like, nothing enjoyable either. So, like. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. So, whew, yeah, it was an episode not to be missed. It definitely brought some of that conflict that Twitter was having such a little conniption about it not having uh, in (laughs) weeks past. So that was nice. And of course, I mean, you know, we trust the team, the cast to get us there. When Bill Lawrence says we need to trust him and that, you know, it will all be worth it. We have to trust it will all be worth it. Because if you've ever seen a Bill Lawrence show, you know that No character is irredeemable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And yet, wow, it's hard. It's real hard to to not just, like, give up on Nate altogether. I feel like his his road is going to be a really, like, lengthy, twisty, bumpy mess of a journey. Definitely. So maybe we'll start with something a bit lighter and we can talk about, I mean, lighter. Uh, And then we can talk about Roy and Keeley and the growing pains of a new relationship being a little too much in each other's spaces, which I think, ironically, maybe a lot of us can really relate to uh, in the past 18 months. (laughs) I was just thinking, like, what a beautiful, like, storyline for those of us living with our spouses, working from home, during a pandemic. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Not a lot of space right now. (laughs) Right. Keely says, you know, she says to Rebecca, she's like, you know, it's, they are, they're 
living together. I mean, sort of. I don't know that Roy lives there. It doesn't seem like he lives there all the time. No. He's definitely at her apartment, living in her apartment quite a bit. Yeah. They're like, her place is like their home base. Yeah. And now he's working back at AFC Richmond. And so they're there all the time together. And he's, we see later he's in her office reading a book. It's just like, that would make me, I would lose it. I would lose it. Oh, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of private time and personal space. And, like, as much as I love my husband, he and I are so, like, happy to be working on two different floors at home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just same. to have it. Like, not same. seeing each other is sometimes enough to just, yeah, you know. Of course. Give yourself yeah. that break. No, and that's, I mean, yeah, that is such a privilege that my husband and I also have is that we have multiple floors to our house that we can work on. And, yeah, I imagine, like, if for people who are in condos or in apartments it must be so challenging so my heart goes out to all of you (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know what I I think I really loved about their storyline too is that and it's twofold right because clearly this upsets Roy later on but everyone is giving Keely the advice that like She's got to just tell Roy how she feels. Like, yeah. nothing will change if Roy doesn't know. And I love that, like, we talk about the miscommunication trope a lot and how much we hate it and how good this show is at dealing with that. Mm-hmm. So I think it was nice to see that while Keely was hesitant to, like, rock the boat, everyone was on the same wavelength. They were like, just, just tell him because uh, yes. Roy can handle it. And I, I really like the fact that, like, Rebecca was like, like, stop making me give you the same advice over, just do it. Like, and I think that happens a lot. I know it's happened to me in previous jobs, you know, friends that I've had where it's like, they ask for advice and then you give the advice and then they go and ask someone else for the same advice. And it's just like, the advice is the same. Your situation is not so unique. It's, it's so simple in its like it's so simple to solve stop asking people for the same advice I do love the way that Rebecca delivers that she's like I I'm repeating myself now like I'm saying the same Mm -hmm. thing to you over and over again like there's only so many times you can talk about this my answer's not gonna change yeah exactly so yeah I thought that was really funny I know I love the part with when they are all in the boot room Oh my god, one of my favorite scenes, I think. I, I loved seeing them all together in, in that little, like, oh, it was so good. I know, and when Jamie is like, I don't remember exactly what he says, but he insults grumpy old twat, I think is what he calls Roy. And Ted is like, oh, I agree with the first word, but not the last two. And then Keely is like, gets very mad. She's like, Roy is perfect. And I would know, I spend every second of every minute of every hour of every day with him. <laughs> And I, I loved that Will was in that scene too. Like, Me too. He's such a sweet little gem. And so having them, him in those like group scenes is really fun to kind of get his, his feel of everybody else. Because they are wacky. Like oh, to yeah. any sort of just like a uh, normal person, it's like, who are these fucking weirdos hiding in the boot closet of all right. places? Exactly. It must stink <laughs> so, like it must stink so bad in there. Uh, yeah, don't even want to imagine. So, like, I feel like maybe the cigarette smell is like a Probably plus. Preferable, yeah. Yeah, it's just like it's like lighting a candle after you make fish. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know. It's not a visual, clearly, but I just feel like I had like a nose sensory experience. 
when you said that. <laughs> my grandmother used to do that. I definitely have never done that. But, like, my, my every time my grandmother would make fish, she would always light a candle after. And I <laughs> apparently it helps. <laughs> Don't ask me. Uh, no, I I really liked this this setup because, you know, as we've seen, I mean, Roy and Keeley have just this like kind of seemingly perfect dynamic happening. Yeah. So it, although I was a little thrown that we didn't get some sort of hint to this in previous episodes. Yeah. I am really glad that we we did finally get it now because like you you do need that like realistic conflict between a couple. Not that they're going to break up. No. But just... that... They have to adjust to, yeah, you know. Exactly. So, yeah. And they have to figure out how to make it work and, you know, and, but I think it was also, you know, I think the whole, when they sort of come to that breaking point, when she's watching that awesome scene with Carrie and Aiden fighting in yeah. Sex and the City, which was just, mm, love it. You know, and I thought it was very interesting. Like, it felt very, like, when, you know, she's, Keely's, like, fumbling with the remote. Like, she's so upset Mm -hmm. and, like, you know, and she's, like, she just, like, loses it on him. And then he gets mad and he is, like, that's, like, angry Roy. Like, he. I know. You know, but it's not, again, it's not, he's not mad at her. It's. It's his, like, you know, he's insecure. I think he's, like, he's, like, have you been talking to everyone about how I'm a needy, clingy fucking fridge magnet? You know, so. Oh, God. I, yeah, that was, and and it's, again, like, anytime he walked into the room and he's, like, oh, you talking about me? And he just, like, let it, like, roll off his back. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah. Like, it was, it was interesting to me that he'd be, like, all right, cool, you ready to go? Or, like, all right, babe, like, let's get out of here. And so when he says that, yeah. he's, like, oh, I thought you were talking about my hair in the drain. Like, normal shit. Mm-hmm. The fact that it was sort of so personal to him, making him, like, respond like that, I thought that was really interesting. Because it's, like, he understands that there's going to be weird quirks to a relationship and things that kind of irritate you. But he also knows that there's things that should be talked about first. Like, you have to sort of talk about those yeah. big things to each other mm-hmm. before you kind of go telling the entire okay, office. But also, we have to we have to know Keely's last long-term relationship was with Jamie fucking Tart. Yes, exactly. And she's unlearning a lot of, like, yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, so I think it's it's very interesting to see that maybe Roy kind of almost is like, why didn't you just tell me? Like, what, what, you know, like, how come, how come? But also, you know, he gets it enough eventually that he realizes he should have just known, you know, yeah. he should have just realized. But like, that's the whole part of like, being in a relationship and figuring it out and you know <laughs> I did love that right before he kind of figures it out he has that aha moment on the field that we'll get to in a minute when he is on the field and he's yelling whistle whistle I loved that so much because he can't <laughs> what does he say something like my lips are sensitive to pure metals and then I get mouth high <laughs> oh my god yes that was so funny I so good I love some of the jokes in this episode were just really really good beautiful. I know like yes. so funny and I I have I, I know obviously but we'll probably talk about this a little bit later but like the fact that Roy sort of gets his aha moment from Jamie of all people I know. Who, like in his own relationship would never get that like Jamie would never kind of I, I don't think really get that no so the fact that it's positioned because of Jamie's like football yeah, yeah strat- I mean it was 
I know. And then, and then, you know, Roy, like, swears and, like, walks off the field. And Jamie's like, I didn't even say anything bad. (laughs) He's just, he's just so clueless in his, like, intelligence (laughs) in this situation. Just speaking of the jokes and everything, I just want to give a shout out to Phoebe Walsh, who is the writer of this episode. Also known as our very own Quirky Jane, Beard's girlfriend. If you did not know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. God, there are some wicked talented people on this show. There really, really, really are. Get out. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. You know, I, I had a feeling, because and, and you, you do this better than I do. I never look up who's writing. I don't know anything. I just watch <laughs> and enjoy and rely on you for lots of education. But I love that this was written from the, like, uh, it was a female writer. Because... I think a lot of times when you have these arguments with your partner, you don't always have such a satisfying fix. No. You know? <laughs> like, uh, you, no. you talk it out, you work it out, sure. you move on. It's great. But, like, the 400 candles. Yeah. The rose petals in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. The Roy is a fucking idiot Spotify playlist. Like, yes. Yeah. When he undresses her out of her sweats and puts her in the tub. I mean, God, what a like romance. It really novel. is. It is. It's so good. Ending, because yeah. that was beautiful. It was. And for anyone who wants to listen to the Roy is Sorry for Not Understanding Keely playlist, we will make sure that the link is in the show notes. That's right, because it's a real playlist. It sure is. I love when shows do that, when they're like savvy enough to sort of extend the media outwards. It's so fun. Man, when you have so many different avenues for things like Apple, you know. I know, you really gotta use it. You have to. And like, sorry I said Spotify playlist, Apple Plus. Oh. But um, that's what I listen to music on, so it's just I know. default. Me too. Me. I only use Spotify. So. Sorry, y'all. Sorry, Apple. <laughs> So, yeah, we'll definitely have that in the show notes. And, yeah, I mean, it's great. I'm very happy for Roy and Keeley. But it did feel a little bit, not out of place, but, like, it definitely felt a little bit, uh, there's quite, like, a juxtaposition between their storyline and sort of, like, Ted and then Nate. Yeah, and I think what it is is, like, obviously in my mind the like thread that that ties them all together is that like people are not being open and honest about how they're feeling and yeah. we're seeing all the ways it manifests mm-hmm. but you're right like the Roy and Keeley storyline did feel a little I don't know maybe we needed it for the levity of everything because it kind of is a darker episode otherwise yeah but it did feel a little conveniently placed considering we haven't seen any build up yet to this sort of like yeah I mean I liked it I really liked it I I think I would have not enjoyed this episode as much if it had not been right yeah fully agreed so you know one of those things but I do hope that like we kind of see them work a little bit like continue this sort of like work yeah. in further episodes I think that'll be kind of a nice yeah I think you know, I think it will back. be good yeah to see them sort of see their journey as a couple and stuff like that speaking of journeys <laughs> oh Ted oh Ted oh Ted 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 gosh so much to say so much to say I I was like and and, and I mean a testament to Jason Sudeikis like for real but I wanted to like smack him a little in the beginning of their first session he was wasting so much time and he was doing it on purpose. 
He was like, if I can be as obnoxious as possible, maybe I'll just eat up the entire 50 minutes because then we don't even have to have a conversation. Let me lay down on the couch and then move on the couch and then kneel on the couch and yeah. then sit on the couch. And like be Don Draper on the couch, you know? Like, And I thought it, it was, was a lot. It was. And I think it was interesting just that Sharon is so just like, yeah, okay, I have time for this. You want to do this? Sure, I'll watch you. And she's just watching him the whole time and just, like, soaking it all in. Finally, like, he sits down in front of her. And then, you know, that bird on her desk. I don't I don't know if I'm just missing. What is it about that bird that is so triggering to him? I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's, like, maybe something that was on the therapist's desk when he was going through couples therapy. I don't know. I don't know if he just, if he just sees that it's an absurd thing and the absurdity makes him mad. Yeah. Or, like... Yeah. I don't know. It was an interesting thing to, like, kind of focus on during yeah. his, like, failed sessions because he was out the door before the thing even stopped moving. Yeah, because, you know, so you know like, like, she tells him not to worry and, you know, she's trying to connect with him and he's, as soon as she asks him what happened, he's like, yeah, I don't want to do this. And then he leaves. And it's just mm-hmm. like, okay. You know, but at the same time, what we know about Ted is we know he'll be back. We know, you know, and he even says that in the next time he comes to see her, he says, you know, I don't quit things. Yeah. And he said that, that, you know, he said, he did say that in season one in response, you know, to his divorce with Michelle, who I found very odd. He's still referring to her as his wife. And he even mentions that she'd be mad if he does that. But why is he still doing it? Like that I find a lot. I know. And I... A part of me thinks that because of where he is, because he sort of picked up and moved to the UK as things were getting bad, that the fact that he's still there and he's not seeing it in his day-to-day that his life is different, mm-hmm. it's very hard for him to, like, accept, accept it. that yeah, it's yeah. really over. Uh, for sure. Because it's like, usually when you get divorced, you, you go through the court process and you've got custody yeah. battles and you've got all of these things that you have to physically be present for. And he yeah, kind dividing of your stuff up. Like, all of those. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. It's, it's interesting. And I think what I, I love about Sharon is that She's a therapist. She has seen some whacked out shit. Like, Ted is not special. He is not her hardest case. <coughs> Jamie She's Tart. just like, all right. <laughs> I don't know, man. I wonder if Jamie Tart is harder than Ted because Ted was, like, full-blown tantruming. Yeah, I actually, office. that's, I'm, I'm totally joking when I say Jamie. I feel like Jamie is, like, the perfect candidate for therapy because he loves talking about himself. So. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but I... <laughs> No, I was just going to say, you know, I think, you know, Ted's truth about therapy is that's what when I was talking about how it's uncomfortable in its realness is is like, yeah, haven't we been all been there? You know, the gory details, the deep, dark secrets, the fear that, you know, people aren't listening just because they're paid to listen. And I think we need to, you know, refer back to his conversation with Rebecca about how you don't need a therapist if you have friends. Right. You know, and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, you'll just diagnose my tears and then blame it on my folks, which I just found like so there's so much to just like unpack in that one little monologue just because they're your friends does not mean that you're entitled to their emotional space all of their their emotional labor (laughs) yeah well and i i think what's great about that rant from him is that it gives us a little bit more insight into what we're working with when it comes to ted and his backstory because like if that sort of bitter reaction is what he's got for sharon in their first interaction like imagine what couples counseling was like yeah yeah because that 
that is like I think so much of what he went through in couples counseling with his wife is what we're getting right now kind of like spilling out yeah I agree and just like not I just don't think he knows how to he doesn't know how to do it right like there's something you know and we'll find out we'll find out why he's just not able to and why he's so positive and why he's so happy and you know we'll get to all of that and it's very interesting but I think yeah it's it was a lot right off the bat but it was really sort of truth telling in a way and probably something like a lot of people feel when they first sort of start going to therapy and I think truth telling is a really good phrase to use because I think Ted has a really hard time being honest with himself oh for sure right yeah so I think it's it's nice to position it that way because like we kind of see him he's always telling himself how to be and how to respond and like he doesn't really just he's not a naturally honest person which is kind of a funny thing to say because he is so like open and optimistic and like whatever but for himself he's not at all exactly yeah I know he's very much he's yeah he's very much like one he's like you know he talks the talk but he doesn't walk the walk yeah right yeah he's a a do as I say uh not Not a do as as I I do do. yeah yeah and then I I really liked how she was able Sharon was able to say you know she told him you know she was offended about what he said you know that she's just paid um to listen not because she cares and you know she she makes this example about a coat him him Mm -hmm. and would he coach for free and he said yeah I would but you don't he's like no I don't and so you know she and she kind of and he really seemed to understand that and she was able to connect with him and he apologized for all the things that he had said the day before which I thought was pretty big for Ted you know and I really liked her quote that she says that you know self-care can be scary um because self-care is not just face masks and Mm -hmm. coloring books yeah, it's so much deeper than that. <laughs> Not that face masks and coloring books aren't amazing and super fun. Yeah. But yeah, sometimes it's it's so much more than that. So yeah, I thought, you know, that was really interesting. And, and their whole sort of last scene together in that episode was really, really great. Awesome. It was awesome. It was so nice to see some progress being made. Because like, obviously, this is going to be a very long road. For Ted and it's good it's good it should take time like you don't want to rush through stuff like this but I was mm-hmm. just really happy that it ended on the note that it did because it was hard man I know and I I you know Sharon says you know the truth will set you free but first it will piss you off and Ted's like well well maybe your name should be truth which is is really you know and it sounds kind of like a not like an insult but kind of like a, yeah. a light-hearted dig yeah when really it's actually kind of a big compliment from Ted Meaning, like, he knows she's the one that's going to help him. You know, Mm -hmm. she's the one that's going to help set him free. And then, of course, we have, I think, probably my favorite line of the whole episode is when Sharon says, well, I can't be your mentor without occasionally being your tormentor. And, of course, Ted (laughs) just loves it. He just eats that shit up. And, of course, she knows he would. Yeah, it's total coach speak. It's perfect. Yeah. And then, you know, she puts that Kleenex box um, next to him and he picks up and throws it across the room and then they both laugh and I thought that is you know it makes me confident that despite it like he is willing to stay and he is willing to put in the effort and do the work which you know I thought was yeah. really good I do have one question for you if you and your thoughts on this like what was with that Trent Krim thing what the fuck okay. out of nowhere I don't I who cares? What was okay? That I've been about? thinking. I've been thinking a lot about this, and I think it kind of actually segues nicely into our conversation about Nate. This episode. Okay. Oh, okay. I 
I have a bad feeling that Ted is going to get caught in the lie that he had food poisoning because I think someone is going to sell him out about his walk-off of that game, and I kind of think it's going to be Nate. Do you, but, like, I mean, he doesn't really know, right? He just knows that it... He doesn't know yet. Yeah. I don't know. I just... Whatever it is, it might not be Nate, but I do feel like that quote to Tent Krim is going to bite him in the ass later in the season. And yeah, I just thought it was so weird and like just... Either that or someone's going to try and sell him out to Trent and Trent's going to come to him and then there's going to be like a whole thing. So mm. I think that's a setup for another episode because it did feel really out of place just and like... I kept trying to figure out what that was but I yeah. think it's a setup for something else. Maybe. I think that must be like something to come. Okay, that makes more sense because I was just like, what am I missing? Like I really thought I was like, did I miss something? Like, you know, and I watched the episode, like, a couple of times, and I was like, well, what was the point of that? Okay, yeah, that I mean, like, sense. no shade to Trent Krim. I love the man and his beautiful L'Oreal locks, but, like, <laughs> yes. yeah, I think it's got to be something setting, like, we're we're being set up for a later, a later episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, so speaking of Nate. <laughs> so, before I, we go into talking about Nate, I think I want to read this tweet. Yes. From our favorite. The glorious Nick Muhammad. Yes. So, Nick Muhammad has tweeted today, uh, September 7th, uh, just a quickie to say I'm aware of the rumblings, the rumbling discourse within the Ted Lasso community on Nate's journey this season. It all adds up. Promise to respond once we get to the very end. For now, however, I remain a silly little actor playing a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> like, you have to have a sense of humor when your character goes from, like, what the meekest fan favorite to, like... Right? total villain vibes right like really crazy now it was interesting that the show opened up with nate and his parents and i thought it was very i don't know like a little bit thought-provoking that nate's dad was like talking about humility yes and well and it was, like, a pretty good – it was a good line about humility, just, like, really not – Yeah, but I am also kind of feel like – I mean, clearly we've sort of – the show thus far has painted his dad in sort of, like, this sort of antagonistic light. And I don't deny that, but I also wonder – how much of like I also wonder if he kind of knows what Nate is like in a way you know what I mean like I wonder if he's doing it badly but is he just trying to protect his kid do you know what I mean I know I know I mean if who who does I mean who knows you better right than the the dad that you uh, up until probably very recently Nate was like wasn't he still living at home too at a certain point so like yeah I think so uh, I, I think his dad is definitely a dick, and I think that yeah. the reason Nate is responding the way he is is because of this, like, lack of respect he feels from his father, but... Yeah. I, yeah, that, that that line was very interesting to me, and I mean, it obviously set up his entire arc for the episode. Yeah, and, and you know, and I, it's funny that you mentioned this thing about, you know, his dad not giving him respect. I was saying to you earlier, I feel like a lot of this, a lot of his you know how he's acting right now is very much coming out of the fact as to how Nate was treated in season one yeah especially with Colin mm -hmm. you know Colin and Isaac were constantly picking on him constantly at, at Jamie's behest usually which I find very interesting because when Colin comes to Nate after he's made him sit out of practice 
you know, he says, you know, why did you get so annoyed when Danny and Jamie were, you know, giving, just razzing you kind of the same way? And Nate goes into this horrifying response. Oh, my God. That was, like, really upsetting. It was a lot, you know, and he says, you yeah. know, how Jamie and Danny are, like, Picasso or I can't remember the other um, artist. Um, and oh, the, and uh, go, go, go gain or... Maybe, um, I'm not remember. sure. Yeah. And, you know, and how Colin isn't. Colin is like a painting at the Holiday Inn. You don't Ugh. inspire. You cover a blood spot. You know, you do the job. So just do the job. And, like, if you objectively, so I can understand it's Nate feeling like he has power over Colin for the first time in probably long before Ted got there. Yeah. You know, I don't, we don't know how long they were tormenting him. Um, so in some ways, yeah, I do understand the reaction. I think the problem is it's just getting out of control and it's also going a little bit unnoticed by Ted because he's so distracted with his own stuff. Yeah. I mean, thank God we have Beard. (laughs) Thank God for Coach Beard, who kind of sees what Nate is doing, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that that reveal gave me such relief because we've been talking about Nate and his bullshit for episodes now and we've both been wondering like when is someone gonna call him out on it and like seeing Beard watching him. Thank God. Right. Because like someone needs to tell Nate that he's being a dick, right? Like someone needs to put him in his place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that made me feel really happy. But then again, when Beard does confront him and Nate is immediately apologetic about it, choosing to apologize in front of the entire team felt cheap and performative. And I hated yes. it. Yeah, no, I think he was, his apology was, you know, was about... Colin not letting Colin play making him sit out it was not about what he said to Colin in the office for sure like I mean he may have in his own mind reconciled that that's what it was like he may have deluded himself into believing that his apology was for that or you know whatever but it didn't seem that way to the team and so and they were very much like oh it's fine you know oh big hugs all around and you know he ends up, you know, then no one's mad at him. He's all happy, happy, happy. <sighs> but I just, it, it's almost like he, he is so, he's so on edge. He's yeah. so desperately clinging to this power he believes that he has to have in order to be successful or be famous, like he says what he wanted Keely to do in a couple episodes before. Yeah. You know, he's so, he's so desperate to cling to this that any sort of, any sort of thing that he deems as insulting or demeaning, when it's not even, just sets him over the edge. Like, just totally. Yeah, he, he goes from zero to 60 without much provocation. Yeah. I feel like. I mean, it's like one little, they give him that jersey, the Wonder Kid jersey. Which was so cute. I mean, I, I, like, again, I, I think we can obviously, you know, connect the dots back to his dad, but like, Wonder Kid, Wonderkind, it's obviously like such a, people make that mistake all the time. Right. It's a cute error. Like, it's actually cute. And yeah, it works. Wonder 
kid. It's a great nickname for an assistant coach in a football league. And so, like, he kept getting defensive about it every time someone mm-hmm. called him out on it. Yeah, like, he, correcting him. Yeah, he could not be wrong about this. Like, mm-hmm. he has a really hard time being wrong about stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know. I thought the jersey was such a sweet thing for Will to do. Yeah. Especially because Will has never been treated kindly by Nate. So, like, it was obviously, like, uh, an olive branch of, like, hey, yeah. man, this is really cool. Like, mm-hmm. be nice to me. Like, yeah. everything about Nate's storyline was so upsetting to me. And the fact that it all sort of came crashing down around him after one negative tweet. Yeah, it wasn't even that negative. Like, it wasn't even that negative. Yeah. It, it was, was It was honest. Nate is not ready for all of the things that people are hyping him up about online. He is not ready to manage his own team. He's a fucking mess. Yeah, so, exactly. So, like, calling it what it is, not an insult. Yeah, and I thought the thing that sort of left such a bad taste in my mouth, and, like, it was just such another disgusting response from him, was the fact that when he, he sees that tweet and it triggers him to, like, lose it on Will, but he does it where he knows he can't be seen by Beard, which I thought was yeah. so sketch. And the way that the show chose to frame that, having the scene take place off camera yeah was so intentional and so eerie like that was a setup for a horror movie moment like it really really kind of scared me a little bit because it's like you don't see that kind of aggression on this show and so you sort of forget that people are capable of acting like that and it's yeah. so much more prevalent than you know than, you, yeah, than it should and, be and I think the fact that we didn't see it it made it actually almost worse than seeing it yeah yeah because up until now Nate and his like power trips have been kind of goofy lame almost you know yeah like super lame like shutting the door as he walks through with Will behind him like you know getting upset about like the lavender infused water like all of these things have been really goofy but that was like the first really dangerous moment for Nate yeah I like yeah even earlier in the episode when he kind of just like ignores Will talking about the red pens like very much just like okay Nate if that's what you feel like you have to do to feel like you're important like it's just right but yeah this was definitely like personal definitely and like his threat was like I will make your life a fucking misery yeah that's terrifying that's not dump the kit man in the dirty laundry right do you know what I mean like that's, that's the thing like yeah, he was tormented, right? And and it's never fun. No one ever wants to be on the receiving end of and, that kind of And terrible harassment. and should not have happened ever. Yeah, but it was never like, I'm going to hurt you. Like, it wasn't like, I'm going to punch you in the face or I am going to, you know, yeah, break torture you, love. you like, or like, it was just Nate, like, yeah. Yeah, Nate takes that kind of uh, hazing and, and puts it into a very like, scary scary direction and you know what I think is interesting is that a lot of the show is about Ted's positive impact Mm -hmm. on the characters around him Mm -hmm. and I think this is an interesting case where Ted's impact has not been positive and in fact I think he's made a little bit of a monster and I think it starts back as far as Nate's roast of the players yeah like I think he thrives off of that and it's just getting progressively worse now yeah agreed and also they're not in the first half of this season Ted and Beard did not call him out on multiple things that he said in front of them. He, they did yes. not call him out. And Jenny, this is what I'm really upset about, is when Nate apologizes on the field and Ted goes, oh, did I miss something? Do I need to know about something? Beard goes, no, like, not yet. Like, we're fine. 
that bothered the shit out of me. Yeah. I was like, no, 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 no. Ted needs to know everything that's going on. This is his, this is his team. See, I agree with you. However, I think that Beard knows how fucked up Ted yeah. is. And he's trying to protect him in a way. I'm, it's not right, and it's not. No, no, the, but he you're right. Not have done it, and it's he's doing going about it the wrong way. But I think maybe that could be sort of like so what we see is that he has been shielding him from some things that yeah, you know, which is a whole another interesting layer to their dynamic and their friendship and. You know, and I wonder how that is going to play out in these next few episodes. And just, like, where does Beard fit in in Ted's journey and in Ted's past? And Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. I really liked this episode. I really did. Me too. I, I, I really loved where we're starting to see all of these characters. I mean, some of them are still kind of, you know, going up the hill of yeah. their yes. the big conflict, and some of them are really, like, zooming to it now. Yes. So um, yeah. the fallout's going to be really interesting to me. I, mm-hmm. I I, just, oh, I feel so bad for Will. I, <laughs> I know. Like, I just get so upset thinking about it because that's, like, a kid. Like, he's what? He's, like, 20? Maybe, maybe 20, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And, like, it's just, it's so... Because you think about, like, what Nate went through last year, and it was so, like, it was so crappy to watch, and, like, you know, and it was so, we loved seeing, we loved seeing Roy defend mm-hmm. Nate to Jamie, and, like, it's, you know, and it's so, it's so hard to watch Nate do that too yeah, well. Yeah, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Yeah. All will be revealed. On a happier note. Yes. What were some of your favorite scenes this episode jenny oh gosh i mean i think we really both loved the jamie tart yes relationship diagnosis <laughs> it was so beautiful so i loved it good. so much and just roy's whole like realization and that face and like his body language and he's like need to go i'm going not yeah, it was nothing. like this beautiful robotic Roy moment because I think he genuinely like short-circuited getting right. that sort of insight from Jamie of all I people. mean he is CGI Daria <laughs> he is CGI I, what is up with that it is so the internet silly. is so weird it's so weird <laughs> for those of you who don't know or may not have oh seen God. the internet decided last week that Brett Goldstein was in fact CGI and not a real person. Mm-hmm. So in turn, he made a statement talking about how he was, in fact, a real human being who does real human things like buffering and receiving data. <laughs> and he I did it with Greg one of those Memoji so heads on his, like, video, which was so great. It was such a... It was so... Like, I just love that this cast and this writing department are just so... They're so present on Twitter, yeah. but, like, in such a good way, in such, like, an enjoyable way. It's that true. It makes it so much more fun week to week. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we get these little yeah. snippets, like, in between the episodes, mm-hmm. which just makes it so great. Oh, and then the one thing we didn't talk about, which was kind of just, like, a cute, cute moment, was yeah. Sam and Rebecca and how they have not yet revealed themselves to each other. I, I was a little nervous. So that one interaction they had in the hallway where they oh. were about to say the, the same thing. Yeah. I was like, oh man, is the show setting them up to be really well matched? Because I'm going to have such a hard time. I know. Like, And like, listen, 
They're beautiful. Beautiful. I want to see them go out on a date. But like, ultimately, does it make the most sense for either of them? Probably not. So I'm just a little nervous. Yeah, I think, I think they're, I think the show is going to go there. But I, I don't think it's going to stay there. So yeah. that is my theory. We'll see. Speaking of Rebecca, I think one of the most enjoyable moments of the episode was the impromptu jazz scatting yeah between higgins and rebecca that was so perfect every episode i am just so much more invested in their friendship i love their dynamic so much it's so great it's it's really really good and i i think it's more like it's not the relationship it was last year it's more like the relationship they had before her and Rupert had broken up, but a more truthful version. Because yeah. they were friends, right? Like, they did mm-hmm. seem kind to kind of be friends. That's what she, she, she intimates that, that they kind of were yeah. friends before Rupert kind of, like, you know. Bolt his bullshit. Yeah, and that before they got divorced, an awesome version of their friendship. Yeah, so that was it. Uh, yeah, I know. I really liked that. What else did I like? We talked about how much we loved any scene between Ted and Sharon. That was huge. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. Tormentor line, huge favorite. Yeah. Oh, and then, of course, Roy yelling whistle, whistle. I think that was one of my favorites. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those are really good. Yeah. It was it, it was a really strong episode, and I... Absolutely. I'm so... I Like, it's... I think I say this every week. I'm really about like I'm really excited to see what happens next. But like, no, oh, yeah, I'm so excited to see what happens next. Yeah, the the fallout from some of this, the the build up from some of this is going to be very very enthralling to watch. Yeah, and I I also think it's interesting too because like I think about Jamie a lot and how we kind of got a decent chunk of him in the beginning of the season and now we're sort of getting him in smaller doses and that's fine. I mean, I think when we have gotten Jamie, it's been great. Yeah, for sure. Um so at least there's that. Mhm. But I want more oh yeah i want more phil dunster on my screen i'm like kind of hoping that we get a little bit more jamie in the next coming episodes because like they've sort of redeemed him really fast yeah and like sort of sort of in some ways but like i mean like don't get me wrong i love seeing him hang with the dudes yeah i loved that scene where sam is staring at his phone because rebecca hasn't responded yet that sort of like camaraderie like those scenes are great yeah i definitely I need more Jamie. Yeah, I want And not more. just for, like, purely visual reasons, even though I won't complain about that either, but, like, I just... I need more. No, I just love... I love the character of Jamie. I want to see him outside of the football club a little bit more, maybe. Yeah. I still believe... I still firmly believe that there is going to be a moment where Jamie must decide if he goes back on that reality TV show or if he sticks with the football team i'm telling you i just feel like that seed was planted and it's gonna come and bite us when we're at least expecting it i really do and yeah. i hope that he makes the right decision yeah that would be a, that would be a nice kind of full circle moment for him too if we can kind of oh, get sure. that that yeah. have him make that choice yeah yeah absolutely well daria what are you vibing with? What's making you happy this week? Oh my god, I'm so glad you asked. My <laughs> jumpsuit is <laughs> gonna sound so silly. But every year I do like an annual purge of like my closet. And that includes like everything, like underwear, bras, socks, like all the little things that you like lose track of. Mm-hmm. So I I pretty much 
buy all of my like loungewear from airy oh yeah um, love which Aerie. like not getting paid for this but like truly love that brand yes yeah and i bought myself this like super comfortable fleece matching sweatpants sweatshirt set cute and i'm wearing it right now and it's the most comfortable thing I've worn and I basically put it on every night this week to sit on my couch and it feels great and I'm really vibing with it and I want to buy it in 47 different colors yeah the color is super cute it's like a periwinkle cornflower yeah yeah it's super super cute it's like dusty blue it makes me feel very very together yeah it's super cute um, yeah, love Airy. Love their offline leggings. The best. Yes. High-waisted leggings that are not sheer. <laughs> Do not go sheer, no matter what. I know. What. You can bend over and, like, not be Oh, worried. yeah. Oh, yeah. Does not matter. Love it. I have recommended them to so many people. Maybe we'll even put the link up <laughs> in our <Yes>. show notes because <laughs> we love them so much. They're so good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about you? Huh? What are you vibing with this week? Ooh. I don't know yet. We'll see. Okay, actually, I bought this coloring book for adults, and I really love it. (laughs) (laughs) To talk about self-care. Yeah. No, it's actually really cool. It's by, I think her name is Joanna Basford, and it's a coloring book for adults, but it's also a storybook for children. So basically when you finish the coloring book, uh, you have a fully illustrated in color storybook. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and it's a really interesting story about this little girl and she goes into this magical world, which is right up my daughter's alley. (laughs) She loves anything magical and anything butterflies, so it's perfect. (laughs) Yeah, so I, it's kind of fun. I just do it while like I'm like watching TV or, you know, listening to other podcasts. And yeah, no, I, uh, it's actually a lot more enjoyable than I thought it would be. <laughs> and, um, it keeps me from doom scrolling on Twitter. Uh, which is, whew, given the state of things, such a better alternative to everybody. Yeah. So highly, highly recommend getting yourself a adult coloring book, some fancy pencil crayons that cost way too much money and just yeah getting into that i love that for you i love it for me too (laughs) all i need now is a airy sweatsuit to go with i'm i'm telling you my husband makes fun of me a lot because he he calls it my like juicy couture phase is that thunder oh my god yeah i just was like is there something moving upstairs no it is thunder yeah that's pretty bad if you could hear it through my microphone yeah oh my god thank god we're Um, almost done recording because if i'm gonna lose power i want it to be happening after we're done recording (laughs) sorry continue on with your story oh yes i was gonna say i really love my like matching sweatsuits i think i the only stuff i bought in this pandemic was like matching leisure wear nice and my husband makes fun of it calling it like my juicy couture moment like those old drunk like you know Yep. Velour suits. Yes. I don't wear velour, though. There's no writing on my butt. I just like a really cozy matching sweatshirt, sweatpant, short combo. Oh, my God. Sweater, sweatshirts and shorts are my absolute favorite outfit. I mean, especially if they're, like, a good biker short, because everyone wants that Princess Diana moment, mm, you know? It's true. So. It's true. You just got to wear what makes you happy. Yeah, exactly. Well... Daria, I think this is it. Yeah, I think this is it. 
Where can they find us? You can find us on our website at www.hotelvicarious.com or you can email us um, at hotelvicarious at gmail.com. You can also find us on our socials, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Hotel Vicarious. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for checking in to Hotel Vicarious, and we hope you enjoyed your stay.